Hi, Humblebees. Welcome back to Tulips and Honey. I'm your host, Lauren, and I'm joined today by our very special co-host, Brother B, Patrick from Cave to the Cross Apologetics. Patrick, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're definitely not going to do anything controversial today. Nope. We're going to keep it chill and relax. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's how we roll. Um, I definitely didn't bring you on the program to talk about something that's going to make a lot of people upset. P Patrick at cavetothecross.com <laughs> for all your hateful needs. And I am not being held hostage to say that or being paid. So <laughs> You should be being paid to take all this hate. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Romans 13 today. I'm really actually excited about this because this has been a strange month with the pandemic where this sort of has been brought up. But it's not the first time it's been brought up. I, I remember whenever um, Obama was president that I heard about this kind of thing a lot, like should we, should we be obeying? Um, it definitely comes up when we're talking about paying taxes in regards to the fact that, um, you know, some of that money is going to Planned Parenthood. So hopefully this will be helpful for even other people after we get out of this pandemic, if we ever get out of this pandemic, if we're ever allowed to go back out to the malls and movies, hopefully this will be even helpful then. So what do you think? Romans 13, why is this super important? Well, uh, let me completely derail the episode by first having my caveat of saying, if your pastor has taught you something different, you are under his authority. If, um, if, if there's something that uh, is in disagreement, I am the one that's probably wrong in this. Um, uh, follow, follow your church leaders. That's what we're explicitly told to do. Um, I believe that Romans 13 uh, is misutilized a lot in the Christian life in how we relate to the state. And so the state is whatever governing body that you're envisioning. And so I think a lot of Christians, especially in America, read Romans 13 with constitutional democratic republic of these United States, we the people mm -hmm. do solemnly swear to hold these truths to be self-evident, one nation under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. And that's just not the case. And mm -hmm. Romans 13 is right in the middle of Romans and there's things before that. So if your pastors taught you different, I'm not saying I, 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 I will, I will not say that even if my own pastor um, took a different approach to this, I would fall under his authority. And if he wants to cancel churches, if your pastor wants to cancel churches, that, that is, that is up to your pastor. That's up to your elders. Um, however, your church government exists, that, that, that's where we fall under. So. Yep. That's my a good caveat. caveat. Yeah. So, so don't, don't send hateful emails. He just <laughs> At least not that. Listen to your pastors, listen to your elders. Um, I'm just a random dude on a podcast. So, mm -hmm. um, and so uh, Romans is uh, Paul's letter to a church of predominantly uh, former pagans. Uh, probably uh, there, there's probably an intermixing of, of some um, uh, Jewish believers in there as well. And, it's, it's brilliantly written. I mean, g going through, I, I, when I studied Romans 9, I was forced to go back to Romans 1 to get potential mm -hmm. lead-ups of his argumentation that he builds upon and that he refers back to. And it seems like 12 is a little bit of the turning point of the, here's the big theology and here's what you do to it. And chapter 12 is where we have to start because, as Lauren has said previously, uh, the chapter and verses aren't, aren't there. They're, they're right. imaginary. They're nice little caveats for, for us to hang our hats on sometime and say, Ephesians 2, 8, and through, uh, you know, 2, 8 through 10. Always remember verse 10 in your 2 through 9, add 10 because it's about good works. <laughs> um, 
So those things are nice as a reference tool, but they're not there. And so when, when I see, I, I was in doing my research for, for this episode, I, I looked on YouTube of, of certain people, what, what are certain people's takes on this? And a lot of it's, there's no, there's no lead up into 13. It's just, all right, let's start Romans 13. Um, right. Here's what it means. Be subject to uh, your governing authorities. So mm. that means be subject to the governing authorities. Do what the government says uh, to do. Uh, don't question it. Don't, uh, don't um, uh, make a mess of things. You're a Christian. Uh, God has instituted the, the government that you fall under and, and you must do what it says. Right. Great. Perfect. Uh, there's, there, uh, Nazis come about. Um, we just, Romans 13. Um, right. You know, <laughs> uh, Nazis invade France as an act of war. Uh, well, okay, France was our government, but now now the Nazis are our government. So, R- R- Romans thirteen, right? Um, State of Michigan says marijuana is legal, uh, but but the federal government says marijuana is is illegal. Uh, R- Romans thirteen, R- Romans thirteen. That's a good uh, example. I hadn't con- thought about that. Country becomes corrupt, and no justice is being carried out. <laughs> Romans, 13. Romans thirteen, no justice. Uh, Romans thirteen. Oh well. Nothing to do. Can't do anything about it. Government soldiers come into your house, occupy it in a, t- in a time of not war, take your food, rape your children. Romans, Romans 13. 13. Romans 13. We don't have to think about it. Romans 13, folks. Romans 13. <laughs> Covers so much. I didn't even oh. know it. Yes. But except, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> except it, it starts in Romans 12. That, that's where Paul is, is, is telling his... Um, it's it's t- talking to uh, uh, previously about his comments of who Israel uh, still is to God and how the Gentiles shouldn't think more of themselves or less of themselves mm-hmm. or more of the Jews or less of the Jews. Paul is telling the Romans how to live as Christians. That's that's what he's doing here. Right. So think about it coming from pagan culture and religion into this monotheistic Jewish-centered moral system with a God who claims he's created all things by him and for him and through him and more on that later. But this is, this is a radical departure from the, the Romans living in a pagan culture at the time. Right. And now Paul is calling for them to live apart from their former lives in, in all ways. Uh, right. the, 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 Roman, the Roman religion, the Roman society is antithetical to Christianity in pretty much every single way. And I think at times people view the American system of government. And again, I'm a product of my society. And so uh, pay or the Australians or whoever might else be listening, but whatever your form of government is, um, I, we, we need to realize that we are not of this world and that we are called to live apart from it. And so when you have, human institutions that are based on human foundations, uh, they will fall and they will falter. And so Paul is telling us how we are to interact in, in the entirety of the situation. And so how do we do that? Well, verse one and two, be a living sacrifice, not be conformed to the world. Begin, begin to walk uh, the walk of uh, sanctification and find out what God's will is. Verse one and two. Then three through eight, he moves and says, we are one and many each with different gifts. Why do we have these different gifts, Paul? Well, thanks. Thanks for asking, <laughs> Romans. To have the collective help, the individual find his or her place in the body and vice versa for the individual to build up and sanctify the church. Then 9 through 
13, a consistent message that Paul preaches throughout all his letters, love being the primary means and the end to, to, for all these things to, to happen. So all good. Happy, happy thoughts, everyone. Good. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, we're, we're Romans. Uh, now we're getting into 14 through 21, the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. How to live in a pagan world that you once were a part of, but now live apart. And your neighbors know it. You know, you're, you're not sacrificing the bull. You're not being drenched in blood. You're not going to the orgies. You're not going to the temple prostitutes. You're living a different life. And everyone knows it. You're hated by them as traitors to the great might of Rome. You've given up the greatest civilization the world has ever known. They have conquered the known world and you have turned your backs on them. You've, you're, you're going to a conquered people and saying, I'm going to worship with you. Right. You're hated by the Jews because you're an invading army that has taken them over. And now you're trying to take over their religion with this belief in the Messiah that has come and his name is Jesus, a man hung on a tree. No, no, that, that, that's not us. We we're one God, Yahweh, and that, that's who we follow. And sorry, uh, we put money changers and animals in your way. So, um, I mean, you know, Jesus kind of threw them out for a little bit, but we brought them back and then he did it again. Sure. But, um, you know, th- that might've been your spot, but no, no, not, not for the conquering army, we're supposed to be there. And then you're, we will invite you once, once we rebel and we take you over Rome, then, then we'll be all good. You can come in then. You may lose your business, your status, your job, your family. And that family might be believers with you, and they might not be. And they have lost their status, their job, parts of their family. How will you be treated? How will you react? And Paul is telling you in this message what you need to hear. So not everything's all hunky-dory. Clearly, you know that as a Roman. And 19 through 21, bad things will happen to you. What is your response? Oh, just turn the other cheek, smile, uh, needlepoint the, the Bible verse. You're all good, right? Uh, that's, that's how we're taught. Be humble, turn the other cheek, n- no recourse, uh, just you know, have, th- have that good witness. If something requires punishment, though, where do we seek the address of our grievance? And that's where it transitions into Romans 13.1, the governing authorities. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Now I have to take a drink from my straw. <laughs> so we've, we've learned that not everything's hunky-dory and that, um, that uh, you, you could be subject to uh, evil. Don't, uh, you know, uh, feed, your, feed your enemy, uh, give him drink for he's thirsty, uh, heat burning coals on his head, continue to bless him even when he curses you. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except for God. So when you have evil done to you, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Okay, well, how, how, do, how, how is that carried out? Through governing authorities. Mm-hmm. Be subject. It's submit. It's hupatso uh, uh, for the Greek word. To submit to, to the orders or directives of someone to obey, to submit to, obedience, submission. What are we submitting to here? That's, that's the question. It's not just a general submission in, in all things, right? Because, you know, Nazis come to your house and say, where are the Jews? Give up your Jews. Right. Right. So, so do we do that? Because Romans 13, 1, sorry, sorry, Jews, right. in, in, in the back of the truck. Well, no, it's, it's the, the priority of the state to be the vengeful agent. And mm-hmm. so he goes on 
And this is the same, same word to submit that wives do to their husband. But it's not just, well, uh, my husband wants uh, to have uh, an orgy and so I should submit, right? right. Well, no, it's always qualified by um, um, coming under the authority of Christ first and yes. then uh, if, if, if allowance within in that what is being asked of you, that's, that's what you do. So submit to them in what? In their role in carrying out God's vengeance in a way of justice. That's what's being talked about when submitting to them. It's not becoming Batman or the Punisher and going out and <laughs> murdering people because they stole your cow, uh, they um, broke broke the window of your, your house. I don't know if the Romans had windows. They probably had windows back then. Um, yeah. You know, how do I seek grievance for that? Do, do, you know, how do I, how do I love people? Well, I, I go and I seek the governing authorities. I submit to them in their role of carrying out God's vengeance in a way of justice. So don't seek vengeance. Go to the governing authorities. That's what Paul is talking about here. To merit to the claims of justice, to even corrupt governments attempt to claim to do this. You know, um, there, there's an idea that uh, even the most, uh, you know, dictatorial dic dictator uh, still needs the will of the people for him to stay in power because there's a lot more of them than there is of him and his people. Yeah. So he, he still needs that. And so um, there's the, um, the, the Bible verse about the woman going to the, the, the corrupt judge and just continuing going after him and saying, give me justice, give me justice. And finally he relents. He's like, fine, here, I'll give you justice. Still Leave a corrupt judge. Yeah. Still a corrupt judge. Yeah. So... Uh, governing authorities won't go after you if you don't seek out vengeance. Be of good conduct, verse 3. But to those who do illegal things and those who seek out vengeance on their own, that's who should fear the governing authorities. That's their proper way. Verse 4, the governing authorities who exist proper, uh, ex exhibit proper power are supposed to be there to mete out justice. This is the way that God has propped up governments, even the bad ones. Verse 6 through 7, and this is the reason you pay taxes is to get the benefit of the governing authorities to do this for you. It's not just a general, well, uh, the government says I owe 100% of my labor to them. So uh, Romans 13, right? Just, just pay it. <laughs> no, no, this right. is the reason why you pay taxes. So they could be the vengeful agent of God instituted. So that way you aren't, uh, you know, eye for an eye. No, no, you're submitting to them. They go out, they arrest the person. They're a neutral party. They find the person guilty that they must pay you double the amount, whatever, whatever the means of, of justice is. Right. And even if it doesn't happen, even if it, in a corrupt system, we're not to go out and be the agent of, of vengeance. Yeah. So if you're taxed for that service, pay it. If you legally hire someone like a lawyer, pay them for getting you vengeance. Be nice, show respect and honor for those that do the job. And then verse eight through 14 and all of chapter 14 is, again, continuing how a Christian should act in society, the church, and with those around him. So if Romans 13 is about how Christians should just bend the knee to, to whatever government agency, um, that seems a really weird place because Paul is san essentially sandwiching that between conduct and conduct. Yep. Okay. So, so just submit and everything, and God's, that's how, how God's vengeance. No, it connects to that end of chapter 12. It's right. who carries out that vengeance when you're wronged. Go seek them. Submit to their authority. That's where Romans 13 fits in. Yep. That's the narrative. Because it, it seems like a, a weird thing for Paul just to be like, oh, hold on a second. I know I was telling you to be nice to people, 
let me tell you how to submit to the government when, when, when even they're bad. When, when Nero's banging down our door, just, right. you know, do whatever, you know, uh, kill the soldiers that want to take you into, in, into the Coliseum. That, that's fine, right? No, no, just go with them. There's no need to run. There's no need to hide. They've outlawed Christianity. Just go with them. Right. No, that, that, that's what Romans 13 is. That's the submission. That's the, the reason to pay taxes. It's for your justice. It's for you not to fall out of line and, and uh, take over justice. God's the one that merits out justice. And if the government doesn't do it, then you have to realize that justice isn't served on this side of heaven. Justice is ultimately served at the feet of God. Right. And so that's oh, that's saying. so important. And, and, and it's important to note, like you mentioned, that Nero was ruling right at this time. And he was, he was not a good Caesar. <laughs> like yeah. he was not a good ruler. He was horrible. Um, I mean, some of the most horrific things that I've ever read about were I've read about Nero, but the, the idea that um, this is not about taking our own vengeance, it's really important to read in this context where, where we're not saying, okay, it's not just about you getting justice, but you don't take the justice. And even if you don't get the justice here on earth, people seem to forget this. Um, nobody is going to escape from, from justice. There's either our sins were paid by Christ or, or we're going to pay for those sins ourselves. So even if the unjust laws don't cover what you have been um, hurt by, it's a, it should be a comfort to know that God is still going to make sure that justice is served. Right. Yeah. And, and always Acts 529, obey God rather than man. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Paul, Peter, um, they, they spent their times in jails. Um, they, they submitted to, you know, they, they didn't shoot their way out. They didn't stab their way out. Uh, they didn't, sword their way out i don't know what the what what the verb of that is Slice. um you know when 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 illegally taken uh when when paul was illegally beaten what what did he do he submitted to caesar i i want to be brought to caesar and you shouldn't have been beating me and right everybody's like oh we didn't know you were a roman citizen sorry <laughs> yep take this man to caesar and ultimately that got him killed and you yeah. know what he wrote romans in that mm -hmm. yeah and so there, there is, there, there definitely is a conversation for Christians to have on our role against the state because of all those things I said at the beginning, the Nazis, the conflicting powers. Uh, again, if, if let's take the, the best that America has to offer. It's the federal system, the state system, the county system, your local city. Those are four competing Romans 13. Yep. Where, where, where do we fall within that? And those are really good conversations to have. And acts of violence and revolution, was the Revolutionary War a, a good Christian thing to do or was it not? Those are really good discussions to have. But focusing everything just on Romans 1, or, uh, uh, Romans 13, verse 1, submit, submit. Right. But submit how? For what? Right. What was he talking about? Why, why all of a sudden this bizarre trans transition? Uh, yeah. Bad things are going to happen to you. Don't seek out vengeance. Uh, repay repay uh, e uh, evil for good. Submit to the government. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Think, bad things were happening to me. What, what do I do with that? Hold on. Wait, Paul. No, no, no. I'm moving on. Submit to the government. <laughs> well, oh, okay, but bad thing. Uh, let, let's go back. Uh, what should I do when bad things happen? Just, just, just be good? Submit to the government authorities. Pay your taxes. Pay your lawyers. Be, be kind to the magistrates, even during the evil times, you're still going to, 
you know, be brought before Caesar and instead of being beaten. Paul, Paul called on his rights. He exercised right. his rights. He said, here's the law. We're all subject under the law. You're not following the law. I claim the right to appear before Caesar as a Roman citizen. And yeah. he's good. I mean, he ultimately went to his death, but that's ultimately up to God in that. Yeah. So he what do we do? He was a great witness of, in all of those things that he was doing. He continued to be a witness for God because he wasn't, cre he wasn't seeking vengeance for himself. Everywhere he went, he shared the gospel, even while he was in prison. So, I mean, that's, that's a, really, a really great picture of what you're saying. There's a whole, there's a whole scene behind what he's saying. Right. And, and Christianity has, for the past 200 years now, failed to look forward into what we were getting into. Mm -hmm. uh, we needed B.B. Warfield and... The, the Princeton boys to write the, the fundamentals of the faith again to combat liberalism because we didn't think liberalism would take over the church and boom, liberalism became the predominant American outpouring of, of Christianity. It was right. your, your social justice warriors of, of, of ye old times, you know, <laughs> like the 20s. Um, when, when homosexuality and um, uh, all the different social justice things came came about where were we we were playing catch-up we we never uh, well we 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 all culturally agree that homosexuality is evil right yep all right moving on from the ends so so as were some of you we don't we don't need to know about that we know that the the gays are the evil ones no we we fail to 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 stop ourselves and and say let's let's prepare ourselves for the next big thing so right. when this thing happens, uh, um, well, do, do we shut down churches? Well, Romans 13, right? I mean, it says right there, the chapter break, Romans 13, submit to the government. There, there's, a, there's a bold header above my Romans 13 that says submit <laughs> to government authorities, right? Whew, good. I've, I've done my search. Search for government. That's, that's to be. But again, we're in conflict. The, the, the government authorities that Paul is talking about isn't, Red, white, and blue, the, the, the best that America has to offer. Um, you know, I mean, they're politicians, but, you know, they're, they're only a little bit corrupt. They're not like Rome corrupt. You know, there's no, there's no underground secret layer of child pedophiles that are going, going around, snatching up children, selling them on black right. markets. Uh, no, <laughs> these things are happening, and, and we are failing to meet uh, uh, that, uh, that conversation before it happens. And right. now we're playing catch up and we're always, we're, we're, we're always doing that. We've been doing that for a while and, and we're floundering. And mm -hmm. I think this current time is showing us how important those, those conversations are. So, um, you know, here, here in Michigan, um, uh, we're, we're told that we have to stay, uh, in our homes for another 15 days. Well, unfortunately the form of government that I have is that, uh, the governor doesn't make the laws. The legislature makes the laws. And so any executive order to me is an illegal order. Which, which, which government do I follow? Do I follow the, the wow. person who's trying to exist outside the prescribed government? Or do I follow just the, the new dictator? Even if she doesn't claim herself as a dictator, do I, do I just assume that's where I'm standing? And so anything that the governor says, I, I then must follow? Okay, let's say that's not the case. What, what do I do if a police officer pulls me over and uh, puts me in handcuffs? Am I able to defend myself because I'm being kidnapped at that point? I'm, I'm illegally being detained. Do I, do, I, do, I, do I have the ability to kill people in that situation? 
those are conversations that we need and we're not right. having. We're having Romans 13. Yeah. Romans 13. Yeah. Oh, great. I, I agree with Romans 13. So submit to them when, when you have a grievance and, and people are being mean to you and, and they're violating your civil rights, your legal rights. Submit because you don't want to take vengeance because you will overtake vengeance, especially because you're, you're angry. That, right. I mean, from, from Moses onward, the appeal to the judges go go to the before the king and uh, and state your grievance and really split your baby (laughs) (laughs) and we're not having those conversations and those are very important ones because you're going to have people say i'm an american and a christian and really we should be saying we're christians living in america living in america yep exactly uh, exactly. But, you know, my, my, my grandfather, he fought in World War II. He pledged his life to the red, white, and blue. Uh, the reason we're floundering as a country right now is because we don't say the Pledge of Allegiance. We don't have the Bible in school. We're not, we're not, saying, we're not forcing kids to say prayers in school. Great. I, I, don't, I don't want any of that. Let's, let's divorce ourselves from that culture because yep. look at where that culture is given to us. Right. It's, it's gotten to us where we're at now, where we're like, oh, well, you know, Maybe homosexuality isn't evil because you, you, you've claimed that homosexuality is this, this scourge people and, and they're, they're, the, they're child pedophiles and the worst people. But my, my Uncle Bill, I don't really have an Uncle Bill. My Uncle Bill, <laughs> he's, he's gay. He's living with his guy that he calls his husband. He's really nice. Uh, where's this? It's, it's that scare attack. It's, yeah. it's when they did uh, Reefer Madness and they said, uh, you know, he, here's, here's marijuana. It, it will make you run old men over. Uh, you'll, 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 you'll get into organized crime and, uh, you, you might, uh, attempt to rape your sister. Right. Well, you know, I, I saw my buddy, he, he smoked one thing and he just coughed and giggled a lot. And <laughs> yeah, so we let the culture then take over for the church and we're mm-hmm. not addressing these things and we need to, because let's say, let's say the, the worst happens and and the government comes in and says, listen, you need to submit to us because we know what's best. Guns. What, what is going to happen to the church and to the people who also have guns? I have guns. Right. What do I do with my guns in that situation? Mm-hmm. I, need, I, I need guidance. Am I, am I Christian or am I an American Christian? Right. And does, does, does that, does, do those, is that a distinction or is that a clarification? And that's not what's being talked about. And then, I mean, we can go into that more about where violence should be utilized, but honestly, things like the revolution, I, I don't think other than the fact that there is the idea of the law is subject to everybody, including the King. And mm-hmm. when they violate that, they become out of sync with their own legal system, but should um, violence be utilized right. not without immediate immediate threat to you or your family. Right, exactly. And I think that that's a great example when we look at the, um, the Revolutionary War to discuss this because the, the only discussion you hear about this is, well, it turned out really great. You know, it, it was great yeah. for everybody. I know, but that's not really the discussion we should be having. And it goes back to what you're saying. There's always this two-dimensional discussion happening with all of these issues. It's, it's just about submitting to the government. Well, no, that's not even what the text is even addressing. It's talking about whenever there's something wrong done to you, where are you going to go? And then submit to what they say that you're supposed to do. But there's a two-dimensional discussion whenever it comes to the Revolutionary War as well. 
or is was it okay? Was it a good thing? Was, you know, did we just take the land from the Native Americans? There's there's this two dimensional forefront. But what we should be saying as Christians is how do we how do we view this from scriptural context, like the full counsel of God's word? How would we need to behave in a similar situation? If if somebody's busting down your door and and it's a British police officer and they not only want to live in your house but like you were saying they're going to hurt your family, you you need to defend yourself. That's that's fine. But do you take the fight to them if there's if there's other avenues that you can take? And where does that line get drawn? Where's the distinction that, that needs to be made? But I don't hear anybody talking about these things. So that's why yeah. I brought you on. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Shadrach, uh, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel submitted to, to the, the, the Babylon um, prince, uh, king. And they he did he he brought them into his court and said do these things and they did those things they were under captivity they knew they were going to go into captivity why because god had told them previously get ready just like in isaiah when he's like hey we're gonna have this guy i'm gonna name him by name and he's gonna read that later and be like whoa yahweh (laughs) okay uh you guys can go free go build your wall have fun with that um and 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 so they served they served and and they did what uh you know they 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 ate um the 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 food that was uh able for them to eat as uh being kosher um i don't know if kosher really had the same meaning then that were (laughs) that were the clean food and you know they they were blessed because of it and then uh (laughs) he got it into his mind to make a statue of himself and you need to bow down and worship it Romans 13, submit, right? Oh, well, okay, but, but you can't do anything that's against God. Well, you know, you're only taking a knee, right? I mean, you're not, if you don't really mean it, then it's not really worship, right? Well, no, they, they, they stood. Everyone kneeled. There's that mm-hmm. great picture that we all know actually happened. And, you know, he points them out and says, put them in the furnace. They go in the furnace. Well, their life was being threatened. Where's the use of violence? It, right. Well, or did they submit or is that fine is that romans 13 were they enacting romans 13 post you know the those those are the things to have their testimony in the furnace mm-hmm. made the, the the king of babylon a, a believer I, right. I i honestly think we're going to see him in heaven right so do we just go based on then personal revelation hey i think this will probably all work in, out in the end or <laughs> are there times when invading armies will come and we must defend ourselves. And what if, what if it's a Christian nation that invades us? What if it's not the, the, the scary Muslims? What if it's, you know, uh, uh, Ohio, because <laughs> Michigan has the, the, the better oranges and, right. and they're coming because, uh, you know, they, they've got a, a big army. They've got the, the better football team. Uh, <laughs> they've, they've given them cannons or what have you. And, and they're coming to invade. Romans Romans 13 it doesn't really help you in right. the way that people take it it's out of context yeah it's it's sandwiched right in between 12 and 14 it's how to respond and and so we need to we need to understand people like Polycarp who stands before Caesar and says listen Polycarp you're a leader of these people uh, all you have to do is say Kaiser Kurians Caesar is Lord and take, take, take that little pinch, that little pinch and put it, put it right there on the altar. Tiny and that's bit. it. That's all you have to do. 
can't do it. I will not do it. <sighs> okay. Okay. And he does like five times and he's like, okay, you don't have to say the words, but you, it's take that, that little pinch, that little pinch and just put it on the altar. It doesn't even mean anything to you. After all, we know that meat sacrificed idols is just meat. So that, that's not really worship, right? No. No, Poly, Polycarp says, 86 years I have served him and he has yeah. done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king and my savior? So instead of saying Kaiser Kurios, he says, Christos Kurios, Christ is Lord. And even that small little bit was enough for, for Polycarp to die to. Yeah. Just that. Well, you know, you didn't have to really mean it. You can always come back later. Uh, Polycarp, you're, you're a big dude. No, he viewed it as blasphemy of his king right. and savior, the true king and his, his true savior. It wasn't, it wasn't Caesar that was going to kill him. It was God going to allow it and he was going to utilize um, Caesar's hand to do it. And we were all going to be blessed for it. Right. So, and that was again, the debate they were having at the time. There were people that, that did cave to the pressure and they had yeah. to then have the debate, well, now do we let them back in whenever the persecution ended? And, and then the church had to have a discussion. Do we, do we let them join back? They, you know, they betrayed us. Are right. they even real Christians? And, and that, they had those discussions though. And we don't right. today. We're, we're not having any of these discussions. But yeah. And, and they at least have the excuse of being an early church. Right. Okay. Whoa. We didn't think we would. We're a small group. And then, and then literally it says they turned the world up on its head. That's what right. Christians were claimed to do. They, they went out and saved Roman babies from yep. garbage dumps and sides of mountains and brought them in. They started the first um, uh, child protective service. They yeah, would, and to the point where in. they had to change the laws because there were too many Christians with Roman children. They were yeah. like, okay, we can't just let these Christians keep taking our children because they're <laughs> going to have more of us than we are. They had to change these laws and stop the exposure from happening to babies. Right. It's amazing what Christians were able to do just by being what Paul is saying in these chapters, like the before and the after. This is how we are exactly. supposed to live. Exactly. What, once, once the church did what they were supposed to do, Rome fell. Rome fell mm -hmm. because it, it acted like a, a, a government too big for its britches. Yep. It expanded outside the, the territory that it could hold. It overtaxed its people. It had issues with um, printing money um, illegally mm -hmm. and, and, and devaluing their, their, their gold, um, yep. clipping off the ends and, and reforming right. things so that uh, what, you, what you thought was uh, an ounce back then... Uh, close but not really and so we can right. take all those little things and make them into other ones and we're, we're good all those things rome did and it fell the 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 world government of rome fell and what happened the warlords came in and the people took over no christianity was there to to say okay we're here we can we can we can form our own states and we can form uh um countries based on christian pr principles right. and unfortunately you still had Men act as men and utilize religion incorrectly. And you still had good, honest people like Calvin who went out and killed people for um, viewing people, uh, beliefs differently than his. Mm -hmm. But there, there are advances that you make within a society, in, in, in faith, within church history, that you have to realize. You know, right. uh, the, the Trinity wasn't formed in 300 AD. That's when it was codified into being able to say one being in three persons oh, that's so much easier than okay well let's 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 figure this out no that the, they did the hard work they fought those fights uh you had athanasius come in and pretty much defend the deity of christ against the known world 
He was the one dude. And, and uh, there are, there are people, there are scholars out there that would say that that can't happen, that it's might makes right. And that's the, that's the theology that comes into play that then is reacted against. No, no, he, he was kicked out by like five different um, uh, leaders and five different churches and he came back and he still is like, no, sorry, Jesus is Lord. Sorry. Right. I don't know what to tell you. And, and he fought those fights and did, did he use violence? He didn't, but could he have? Well, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm unclear of, of what that might be, but we're not having those discussions and we need to, because if it gets worse or something else happens, we need to stop going back and, and preparing for, World War II with the Nazis. That, that was over right. and done with. We, we've, we've discussed that already. What happens when our own government says, um, we, uh, my governor in the state of Michigan says, I'm not here to trample over your uh, free speech First Amendment rights. Okay, but I have more than just free speech First Amendment rights, right? right. With those endowed by my creator, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, property. I have freedom of speech, assembly, religion, and you're just telling me no. So what does that mean? Can I use violence? Can I, can I disobey? Can I, can I, can I um, refuse to be a part of a state? Can I, can I uh, advocate for anarchism where it's, I don't believe in a state, but in private contracts where, okay, well, well what about Romans 13 then? Am I forced to be in a state to then be subject to Romans 13? Or okay. is there other ways to, to, to carry out justice within a completely voluntary system? I think there is. That's what I would advocate for. Um, and I think we see those types of solutions being the better ones. But, you know, th those, are, those are secondary, tertiary conversations to have. We need yeah. to be having the ones about what, is, what does scripture tell us to do when things like coronavirus t tells the government, okay, well, we got the experts and they say, um, you know, no open mouth kissing and everyone, well, don't, don't wear masks then also give them to the medical professionals because they really need them to be protected from, but they don't help you because right. COVID right. knows that you're a nurse and only attacks you then. Right. Yeah. That makes lots of sense. Yeah. So what, where, where do you, where do you take this and run with it? So we, we're seeing this verse is, it's completely taken out of context in almost every single conversation. Really what it's talking about is binge is, is making sure that the government is the one taking the vengeance that we shouldn't be doing this. If we are, um, if we're, if we're looking through church history and we're looking through scripture, do we see any point where approvingly, cause I know we see things in, in the old Testament where people are doing things God doesn't approve of. Do you see anything in scripture where God is approving of somebody taking vengeance into their own hand or fighting back? Cause we obviously don't see it with Daniel. We definitely don't see it with his three buddies. Is there even, even a context for that in scripture? I think there's a context for it when your you or your family is being personally attacked. If, if they're in immediate danger and you know, you have to, the, the thief comes in and you're able to kill the thief. There's no, there's no caveat to that. The thief could be anything. And so you should have to say, am I willing to kill somebody for protection of my car? In Texas, you can uh, kill somebody who's trying to steal your car. In Michigan, you can't. So I have to be more aware of my, uh, my moral standings in Texas than I do in Michigan. 
um, because I must submit to my governing authority here because I've agreed to live in this state and abide by the rules. And my grievance when someone steals my car here is, okay, well, I have to call the police to file a police report. Uh, and the free market is great because they can track my car now and they can <laughs> listen in on all the conversations and all the fun stuff there. Uh, but am I willing to kill somebody who may even be a Christian that steals my car in Texas? Right. You know, uh, th th those are conversations you can't have when they're putting the, the screwdriver in your ignition and driving off with it. Those are, those are conversations you have to have within your church at a time when, you know, everything's hunky-dory and it's great right. and everything's prosperous. Those are the times to have those conversations. Talk about, you know, uh, duck and cover, you know, yes, it was stupid back in the day, but you know, in, in a sense, okay, it makes a little bit of sense, but can we do more? Can we, can we line the walls with lead? Uh, can, what's, what's the next cultural revolution that that's going to come or, you know, the, the advancement of socialism, uh, are we okay with forcefully redistributing wealth because the government says so? Can, can we then file grievance and say, okay, well, um, there's a group of us here in this region of the country that is going to secede. Well, as far as what the American constitution allows and how the system was set up, that's entirely doable. Should we do it? That's a conversation to have. Right. And we need to have it not in the crisis. We need to have it before that. And there's nothing that I can say right now other than the fact that people that point to Romans 13 and say, you have to do this because that's what the Bible says. I can say, I don't have to do that because that's not what the context is. Right. But should I just go out into the world and uh, possibly infect, be infected, uh, herd mentality, all, all these things of, of, of um, that we're told, you know, should we restart the economy? Should I, should I keep going into work? Should I encourage businesses to open in defiance of what um, an illegal order is? You know, uh, I, I have ideas of that that would take longer than the show already is. <laughs> um, but those are, again, those are conversations we need to have as a church. And those are conversations that we need to have going forward in, with your, your pastor and elders. You know, it, it might not be um, uh, uh, another COVID scare or something like that. How about, well, we did it for this pandemic, but you know what's really important? climate change. We really right. need to shut down car manufacturers and um, uh, eating of meat and uh, <laughs> really get, gathering together. We need to limit the number of people that you are able to create with your own body and sustain uh, because, you know, COVID, you know, is 1.0012% uh, death rate. But if you burn this earth, it's 100% death rate. And so we need right. to have draconian measures out there. What is the church's response to that? And, and we need to do that in the time after this pandemic is over. Yeah, makes more sense to actually do it now instead of waiting for it to happen. So what about uh, Midianites? Do, what, what do you think about the people that just say, you know what, I'm just going to completely separate myself from, from all society and your laws don't have to be my laws, I get to do whatever I want. Yeah, so uh, from, from my shirt, I'm a anarcho-Christian. So I believe <laughs> that there's no king but Christ. I'm, I believe in anarchy, but, you know, the, the whole, uh, we, we anarchists tend to say voluntarist. 
we, we believe in voluntary exchange of, of ideas. Um, and, and you, you exist in that, in, in the world that I want every day. You go into a restaurant and you say, I would like a cheeseburger, please. And they go, I would like $5 from you. And you go, I want that cheeseburger over that $5. And they go, mm-hmm, okay, here's your cheeseburger. Thank you for the $5. And you go on your way. There's no violence made. You've mm-hmm. agreed. You, you wanted the cheeseburger more than the $5. There's your basic econ class right there. And you've engaged no violence. Right. And so can you do that with things like the justice system? Can you do that with... Um, uh, you know, personal protection. Yes, I, I think that's entirely possible. And again, th- those are, those are, th- there's nothing, there's nothing within scripture that I see that says, uh, you must, you, you must form a government. Uh, it, it must have the monopoly use of force. Uh, it, it must be able to um, grow too big and um, <laughs> there, there must be no checks and balances on it. Uh, right. Because in, in first Samuel eight, uh, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel portrayed, I prayed to uh, Yahweh and the Yahweh said to Samuel, obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me for being king over them. According to all deeds that they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are also doing to you now then obey their voice. So Samuel told all the words that uh, of Yahweh to the people asking them for the king. He said, these will be the ways that the king who will reign over you, he will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen, to run before his chariots. He will, he will bring them to war and he will appoint for himself commanders and thousands of commanders of fifties and some to himself commanders, uh, uh, I'm sorry, to uh, plow his grounds and reap his harvest to make his implements of war and equipment of chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards to give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain to your vineyards. He will give it to his officers and his servants. He will take your male servants and your female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to work. He will take the tenth of your flock and you shall be his slaves. And in that day, you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, but Yahweh will not answer you in that day. So what did they do? They wanted a king and they wanted to be like others, but God said, I'm here. I'm able to be your king in, in the midst and you're able to, voluntarily be part of my kingdom and you can leave if you want to. Now, obviously the, the true believers would never want to do that. We, me, I want to be subject to God. I, I want God to be my dictator because he's perfect. Until you find me that perfect man, I, I'm not going to let that person be my dictator. Mm-hmm. So can we exist in a society that is separate apart from a monopoly use of violence and do it completely on a voluntary based system? I think that's entirely possible and there are many, many good Christians and believers out there that want to start those types of societies. And when my belief in that comes in conflict with things like a police state or things like um, overtaxation or just ta- taxation in general, I mean, if, if I were to say, hey, the mobs come in and uh, I, I own a gas station and I have to pay them $1,000 to be in business or things might happen. Well, we would go, well, that's just mob, mob rule. They, that's, that's, that's wrong. But when people who say, well, I wrote on this napkin that I, that I own you and that you have certain rights and you can file for grievances you want, but I still want my thousand dollars. Oh, well, that's a government. So Romans 13. <laughs> no, we, we, we don't have to engage in violence. And I think it's, that's better for a society as a whole. Yeah. I think that's more scripturally based and it, it, it takes, it takes you 
to be trusted in the exercise of your freedom. And if that's not going to happen uh, with, with you properly exercising your, your freedom, then we don't need you. And so we can um, evict you from our, our society. And we don't have to engage in violence to do that unless you aggress upon us. And that's always been the case. It's always been a defensive posture against evil is something that you can take a defensive action against. And right. that's essentially what the non-aggression principle is for those that want to look that up. Um, and there are great thinkers out there. Like I said, I had um, Bob Murphy on. Uh, he's written extensively on not aggression principle. He's an anarchist as well. He's a Christian as well. Um, so there are people out there who have been thinking these things and it's, it's, it's completely able to. And it's not this pie in the sky thing. I don't want violence done to you. Uh, whatever you want to do with your own body is, is your own choice. But just don't, you know, don't include me in it or right. the people that I love. So if you want drugs, I, I don't I don't want you to do drugs, but if you want to, then that's completely up to you. Right. What's what's the what's what's the state's current role? Well, I don't like that you're doing that. Men with guns, go stick that person in a cage. Right. So that seems that seems pretty immoral too. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, people who who rape women, I I want them put to death. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't want them. Well, ten years, good enough. Go on right. your way. Uh, you know, six for good behavior. Oh, prison's overcrowding. Uh, because we have drug offenders in there, nonviolent drug offenders, uh, four years. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. Promise you won't do it again. All right. Right. Exactly. No. No. Let, let's let's follow parts of the, the God's law that says, you know, if if you steal something from someone, you got to pay double. Hey, right. that seems like a great counterweight. Then, well, uh, I had my TV stolen. Uh, they arrested him. They put him in a cage. He's not doing anything other than being with other violent people. And I still am not without TV. Still don't have your TV, yeah. Where's it justice being pay served? You back. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a real issue. Um, I think really my next question for you, it's actually the last question I have, really leads perfectly into that. What about <laughs> theocracy? I would say as long as it's voluntarily done. So if I'm in Calvin's society and he says, uh, you must baptize your babies, can I leave? If I can't leave, I'm kidnapped. And mm-hmm it's illegal for him to have done that. Now, if I've agreed to it, hey, uh, I, I'm, I'm part of this, this uh, club. I've paid my membership due. I get all the benefits of membership. I'm, <laughs> I'm protected by, by these strong people that if my TV gets stolen, I, I don't have to, I, I get to submit to my government authorities. Hey, people that I pay who are built way bigger than I am, he took my TV. Can you go get it for me? We can absolutely go get it. Hey, I will submit and I will pay my tax, my, my membership due. They will go and they will come back and get it. Great. And if it's under God's law, even better, because you're going to see that that's what the states originally were meant. It's supposed to be experiment here, experiment here. Should we have public education? Should we have homeschool? What about Pell Grants? What about all these things? That's what the states were supposed to be. It was supposed to be an experimentation. It wasn't supposed to be, well, you know, we're 50 things and we just submit to the federal government because that's, they're big, right? And they control right. the military. So that's, that's good. Oh, that's not what it's supposed to be. And so if you're in, in, in voluntary action and you've agreed to those, those terms and agreements, if you read the terms and agreement and signed it, then yeah, you're, you're, sub, you're subject to it. And so um, theocracy, again, let, let's have experimentation. Let's do it voluntarily. Um, you know, the, the Mennonites can do theirs. The um, Lutherans can do theirs. And let's see, let's, 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 let's figure out... Uh, 
it, it's, it's how we even do theology now is right. let's take it to the debate room and let's have James White uh, d- debate uh, a Mormon and see if Mormonism, maybe Mormonism true. Hey, it's possible. Let's, let's, let's figure it out. Okay. Well, it seems to fail. So I'll continue following, you know, reformed teachers that way. Right. So yeah. If it's done voluntarily, sense. because it, it's, it's the reverse of Pascal's wager. Pascal's wager says there, there's a chance that there is a God and there's a chance that there isn't a God. If you believe that there isn't a God and there is, man, you're in trouble. So it's probably best to believe in God because even if you're wrong, hey, you lived a good life. What, what have you really missed out? But no, here's, here's you know, the, the, the take on that, which is just if, if we can do it, if we can do it with, without having violence being done, then we're able to, to figure out which system really is the best. And if it's right. all under the authority of Christ, then we're able to voluntarily exchange those ideas. And that's, that's where you want it. You don't want, you, you, can't, you can't force anybody into the kingdom by a point of a gun. You know, right. the, the, the inquisition was there to say, you know, oh, repent. Oh, well, my thumbs are in screws and I've, I've lost my tongue. Uh, all right, I repent. All right, well, all right, we'll let you go. Right. And guess what? It, you probably weren't a Christian then. Right, exactly. You can't force Christianity on people. That makes so much sense. So if it's an open system, that makes, okay. All right, I have one silly question for you, sir, before I let you go. I have to have a silly question. You know I have to have a silly question. So let's say well, you I've, get I've, set I've, I've only done a little bit of talking in this one, so. Just a little bit. Well, I mean, that's why I brought you on. And I'm so thankful for you. And just for our listeners, so you guys can understand why, why this is happening on Tulips and Honey. I'm not comfortable um, teaching scripture because I have a mixed audience listening. And so whenever there's a subject that, that has, um, needs to have scripture executed, I got to bring in my brother be it here to help because, um, I, I mean, that way we don't, we don't risk anything here. So thank you for exegeting that and explaining it in such a great way. My last question for you, my silly shenanigan question is, if you could create your very own kingdom, um, what would you name it? Oh. <laughs> King oh, Patrick. <laughs> no, I would, I would, it would fail if I named it anything me. <laughs> um, I, I guess I would say um, in my own kingdom, it would just, it would just be, it would just be my house because I, I see uh, I, I'm not going to be silly with this, unfortunately. Okay, I, I got to be silly with it. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go based on my ideals here. Um, I, I'd probably name it something really like sci-fi based. I, I'd name it like um, uh, Tiberial Land from from James Tiberius Kirk. He has the best middle name, or um, ooh, like something like Project Orion, where it sounds like oh, super fancy. Very yeah. like Project futuristic. Orion. Yeah, Project I think Orion, Project Orion, because like it. it's like, you know, what's Project Orion doing out over there? Oh, <laughs> we should go see. And your kingdom would be anarchy, huh? It, it, it would be a voluntary system based on anarchy, which is just no forced rule. Mm-hmm. And so there would be contract forced rules. So if you violate a contract, um, then there are stipulations within the contract that you could um, claim. And so there'd be something like... Um, Hey, we're doing a business deal, and uh, I, if our partnership dissolves, then uh, the 10% that you put into the bank will be given to me if you dissolve the partnership. And there are things like um, marriage contracts that I think mm-hmm. would enact better like that. And that's exactly what you had in the Old Testament. You right. had 
like, hey, uh, you put up the dowry and if you divorce her, then she's given that money because right. uh, she, and you have to give a certificate of divorce. Sorry, but that's all contract-based anarchy right there. Yeah. And you agreed to those stipulations and you you agreed within the kingdom of God to to enter into that contract voluntarily. So yeah. held under uh, the authority of, of the word that you, you promised to God. It makes a lot of sense. Being subject to the government authority and that government authority is your word and your bond, that contract. Yep. So, yeah. I like it. I like your, your Project Orion, Future Kingdom. Project Orion. We, we're, we're doing great things here at Project Orion. Yes. Project Orion, right now, Patrick's house. Thank you for joining <laughs> me, brother, and for giving me so much of your time this morning and for explaining this to us. I hope this is helpful, especially great. for anybody who's been told that like maybe an uprising needs to be happening. or But just like yeah. you said at the very beginning, so, you know, guys, listening to your pastors is a great idea. Absolutely. Listen to your pastors. There's no need to take up arms that I see right now. Um, I, th there's no one banging down on my door saying, uh, give up your children, give up your life, get up your right. land. And again, th those are conversations to have around the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's terrible. But remember what our, our former brethren did as well. We, we saw death constantly. You know, the, the, the bubonic plague the, the killed, mm -hmm. you know, a, a quarter of the world. Our, our chil their children saw death. They knew what yeah. death was. Uh, you know, you had 10 children because eight of them uh, would, would make it, two would die. The other four would get sick and you might have two that could help you uh, with the family business. Yeah. They understood death and sacrifice and playing the numbers. They, they, they did that. And, and we're, I want to say coddled, we're blessed that we have had the protection that we had, the blessings by God that, that we have. And unfortunately, you, you have to have those discussions now of do we, do we submit to the government? And, you know, it's one of those things where I think that's where Christian liberty comes in and you, mm -hmm. you say, well, you know, I, I would rather live uh, where the government comes in and takes my children away where they might live another day. Or right. you might say, I, you know, we, we have to protect our children and no one can raise them but us. And, and if we go out swinging, then that's the way. And unfortunately, that's what you have to do. And just think, it's, it, if you don't want to say, well, you know, the United States government could do it. Um, that's what the French thought too. And the Germans came rolling in. What, what do you do with, with the German right. occupied territory? Um, these are questions to have and they need to be happening, not in the chaos, but we can utilize this chaos for the next one and say, okay, what's the next thing coming down the pipe and what is our response? That's what yeah. we need to do. I love it. I'm so thankful for that. Hopefully you guys are edified by this. I'd really like to hear your opinions in the comments below, but keep it friendly. Okay. No trolling, no meanness <laughs> down there, guys. Patrick, um, Patrick at cave to the cross.com. <laughs> all the trolls. I'm incorrect. Over there. Yes. That's right. You just send it all over to Patrick. Patrick, thank you so much, brother, for being on the program today. God I appreciate bless you. you. Love the show. Oh. Give the Lawrence Patreon. Uh, the, you're doing great things and uh, I keep, I keep watching. So thank you. Thanks, brother. Cave to the Cross Apologetics. All the links below in the comment section. You can find him all over there. He's also got a Patreon. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, it'll be ready. All right, brother. God bless you. You have a great day. Peace. Bye. Okay, humblebees. That's it for today. I hope you all having a wonderful week. God bless you. Bye.